0: What a story. That kind of tale just bolsters my faith in humanity. Not just in humanity, but in the spirit of humanity. That spirit of love that connects us all and calls us together, even in the most challenging of ways. What was it like? I myself, I'm a mother of two small children. I can't imagine losing either of them, particularly a violent, murderous death. Yet something called to that mother of the slain son, that mother showing up to visit the boy who killed her boy, Oh, my faith in the spirit of love that connects us all is bolstered. As we see in that story that she shows up, she shows up to meet with this boy, to give him money to make his time inside better, and then offers him a place to live and to stay. and Becomes his mother. I believe in that spirit that calls us together. I don't know, even now, years as a Unitarian Universalist, since I was two years old, been an ordained minister since 2008, and I still don't have words. But I have sweeping feelings of connection, possibility. And what we as humans can still do when we participate with the Spirit of Love. And when we humble ourselves to what it requires of us. What did it require in that mother? What shifts, what transformation of the heart? I think of Psalm 23. And I interpret my own words. God, the divine is my shepherd and I'm not lacking in anything as I'm invited to lie down in green pastures and am led by still waters. My soul is restored and I'm led in the paths of righteousness. Righteousness in the name of love. And though I travel through the valley of shadow and death, I, I'm not scared of, of the worst of evils, because you, oh spirit of love, you're, you're with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table for me, before me, in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of love forever. What I love about the psalm is that the psalms were songs that were sung over and over and over again. Songs to be sung into being. Songs that were ways that we wanted to be in the world, that we want to be in the world. Because every day in my life, I surely do not feel like goodness and mercy is following me. Or that in the presence of those those thoughts that can be my enemies, it's hard for me to set a table of generosity and to cooperate with the spirit of love in that. There are so many ways that I am called to live into this psalm but also remembering that there are others, too, who have and sing this same song. And I think of my my friends and people I know who are in prison thinking of the presence of love accompanying them and how lucky I am to hear reflections from them about that presence of love. They use different words for what that might be, whether it's God, or Jesus, or the Spirit of life. But that that presence of love is with them. And sometimes it's through the singing, it's through the sharing, it's through the praying and meditating that that presence of love comes to us. That goodness and mercy can flow through us in all our days. But in prisons, that kind of goodness and mercy is not by design. It is by the sheer participation of those inside who are doing their best in the midst of human rights abuses that the United Nations shudders at. When we hear stories about people who have changed and transformed, it wasn't because of prison. It was in despite of prison. And so when I hear the story of this mother who's ready to receive this child, I think of all the opportunities that were lost upon so many others in how to care for this child before he ever ended up in a juvenile detention center. All the lost opportunities for connection and relationship that led him to form connections with again. The desperation of need that we humans have for relationship. It's real. We're born into the world needing care, needing concern. It's okay to be hugged and loved. It is what we need. We're born into relationship. And so how is it that there's this dominant and controlling narrative, this underlying assumption about what safety is, that the only thing keeping us from danger must be bars. The only thing between us and danger are cages and police. Well, that's just not true. I suppose there's a way of looking at the world that danger could be lurking around any corner because there are plenty of violent activities that happen that never, never see any attention and the systems of harm, that there are systems and ways of being that perpetuate violence in our world. And so I feel, as a person of faith and as a Unitarian Universalist, it's my job to sing the songs, to sing the songs that tell us that, that we're more than just a society that thinks that locking away people is okay. The poet and writer and activist and organizer and body worker Adrian Marie Brown Talks about when she's talking about transformative justice, she begins often by asking people about when they were children and to think about a time when you did wrong. Were you sent to timeout? Were you punished? Were you given an opportunity to calm yourself within the presence of someone who was loving and then able to talk it through later and develop strategies for how to be in right relationship? Were you hit? So often, We hear stories, and we know deeply the beginnings of retribution as children. And that that's behavior that's okay, even though it often solves nothing to be separated, to be isolated from the very sources of love and steadiness that we care for. And of course, the situations in families are always nuanced and layered and complex. But overall, in our culture, there is an edge that says if you hurt, you will be hurt too. But that hurting of locking someone away in cages, instead of finding a deeper sense of accountability through truth telling, through singing our songs, through processes of reconciliation, if we don't engage in those processes, then the violence is still going to continue. The behaviors, the opportunities for transformation are lost. We as people of faith, as Unitarian Universalists, as people of conscience, who try to engage in this ethical living, we can understand that there are teachings from our theology that help us. And there are also some teachings from our theology that don't always help us. I was always moved by William Ellery Channing, the the late white Unitarian theologian, about his ideas around salvation by character. The idea that we can engage in our own self-perfection. And he had a, a very deep and interesting devotional life so much that there was an intensity to it. He had a sort of bootstrap philosophy that was highly individualistic, which very much speaks to the time he was in, where that that Western, Enlightenment, hyper-individualistic philosophy was truly coming into shape. What he leaves out about this idea of salvation by character is that we can't really do it by ourselves. And that even if one is doing it with their higher power or God or spirit of life, that oftentimes that presence, with a capital P, is found in relationships, in our communities. And that those teaching moments that bring us and invite us to transformation are in community, are in relationship, not just inside one individual. So often when we look at the idea of salvation, in more traditional terms, salvation is something that's about the hereafter. It's not even about caring about now. But as we engaged in, in the call and response, it's that invitation that, We're about bringing the good news to this life, to here and now, not about some sense of freedom or release from suffering in the hereafter. No, it's about understanding that we can bring love and hope and peace and joy to this life right now through engaging with that presence of the spirit of love that calls us forward and that is known and shown to us in community. So if all of this transformation, this hope, this love, this peace, this joy can be found in community, nobody ever said it would be easy. Because there are plenty of times when I only just get glimmers of it. And a lot of the other time when I'm in community and being in relationship, well, that's complicated and it's hard. It's not easy. But in some ways, The culture, at least that I've been living in, has it's as if I've relegated my imagination for what's possible to prisons, to police, and to punitive systems, instead of bringing it back into an understanding of transformation in community. And that if I'm not in those communities, I can support and learn more about how I can take the lead from communities who are engaging in that kind of work that some people know as transformative justice. The criminal legal system as it is right now is a punitive system and it has not served us in terms of being able to look at the roots of violence and harm in our culture and to truly acknowledge how deeply enmeshed the beginnings of this nation with white supremacy are wrapped up into that violence. And until we can become to, to really get a, a loving look at that, and not only to be curious about it, but then to be called forward by the spirit of love to take action in support of communities who are forming new spaces of love and healing from harm and repair, now we, we can't really get anywhere with the punitive system. Instead, our Unitarian Universalist theology, in looking at salvation by character, or even the Universalist teaching, that redemption is possible for everyone, and that if we are going to be saved in this life, it's something that we do even in our own character, in community, we can help shift a dominant theology that says if you do something, you will be punished and go to hell. We bring something different. We bring good news. And part of that good news to me is presenting a world without police and prisons. It's about engaging and singing the songs that tell us that not only will goodness and mercy flow through my life all of my days, but everyone else deserves that as well. That there are other people, too, who sing those songs of freedom and celebration and prayer and hope. So we have opportunities to engage in relationships that support building a presence of healing and love and support. Whether it's for people who have experienced harm or is it for people who have done harm and who can be called to a sense of accountability in this life, not about the next life. It's not enough to think that some person who's done a bad thing is going to roast in hell. And it's not enough for me to think that a person who's done a bad thing is going to be locked away in a prison. That doesn't work for me personally, because it doesn't address the larger issues of harm that are continually perpetuated in the culture we live in. And it is a culture that devalues blackness and devalues people who are black, indigenous and people of color, whether you're Asian Pacific Islander or if you're Latinx, and also devalues people who move and act in the world differently whether they're passing through some experience of disability or have an ongoing arc of a disability journey in their lives. It devalues people who are queer, trans. And so, hey, we have good news. Surely goodness and mercy can follow all of us in all of our days. But you know where it starts? It starts in that really messy place of relationships and i can bet that in congregational life some of you have experienced some of that that we who have made promises to each other in covenants whether in little small groups or as a whole congregation there have been moments when the rubber has hit the road as i like to say where we really get to lean into that covenant and call one another in to that circle of love and give folks an opportunity to sing the songs of hope and of goodness and mercy and find ways to be in relationship with one another even when it's hard. So, I do have to tell you that there are about 15 people right now who are waiting for Unitarian Universalists to write to them, who are, they are in prisons in Illinois. And when I tell you that relationship is the beginning to this transformation, being a pen pal is one of those ways of getting an idea of what's going on for people who live inside Illinois prisons, and also being an outside connection to someone and being able to, to relay information as your inside pen pal might share with you about conditions that are going on in the prison, about things that need to be changed, and engaging with us at the Unitarian Universalist Prison Ministry of Illinois and telling us what kind of advocacy that pen pal might want us to do. You see, building the world we dream about it sounds pie in the sky, but it's something that has to be done little by little. Even though it's a huge, long, epic, sweeping journey, it doesn't mean that we can't try, move by move, to make it possible. and One small move that can really become very large in your life is by being a pen pal. So as we move and invite ourselves to be called forward by the spirit of love. I invite you to get a pen pal and I also invite you to have a critical eye to how the criminal legal system and policing and prisons are portrayed in our media. This summer, I want you to pay attention to the framework that is used, the dehumanizing language that is used that allows us to be separate from one another and have a critical and open heart to what is possible. When we move from a theology and from systems that are punitive and retributive, and allow ourselves instead to become part of circles of repair and healing. And as one set of authors, and activists Miriam Kaba and Shira Hassan say they call it fumbling towards repair, ways to bring healing from harm into our communities, and to be more present to one another, and to sing the songs, like in the Psalms, of hope and love and peace and justice. So let us keep singing those songs together in relationship. Blessed be.